It is so good to see you, saints. Hallelujah. It is a joy to come together with you, arm in arm, joint supplying joint, well opening up with well, just making a river. Hallelujah. And um, as I was just spending time with the Lord yesterday and last night and this morning, oh man, the Lord just brought me back to Psalms 19. And if you can, can I, can I just, can we do a, just a little bit more praise here for a second? Hallelujah. All right. This is how I renew my mind. This is because I asked the Holy Spirit. Because in the end of Psalms 19, I read about David where he said, Lord, I got these secret faults that I don't know about, these presumptuous sins, you know. How can I know if I'm an heir, you know, without your word, without that intimacy, you know. So I need you to show me that intimacy. I need you to show, I need to get into that intimacy with you. I need to learn. I need to know what I'm doing, Lord. I need to know how to correct my course, right? Because I know I'm probably doing things that I shouldn't be doing, saying things that I shouldn't be saying. So Holy Spirit, I need you to help me, you know, and that's what David was saying. I got to get that so that my words can be right. The meditation of my heart can be right. My thought process can be right. My deeds can be right. Because a deed is a thought with an action, with a word spoken, right? So I got to have that going, right? So I went to Psalms 19. Oh, man, and I'm in Virginia, and it was about eight months before Charlene and I came down here, and it was about two o'clock in the morning. It was the first day of spring, and the Spirit of the Lord woke me up. The Lord, the voice of the Lord woke me up, said, get your clothes on and go outside. So I got my clothes on, and I went outside, and I want to tell you something. It was the clearest night that there, that, that's, I've ever seen in Washington, D.C., ever. I mean, you could see just thousands and thousands of stars in the sky. And oh, here it came. Here it came. The heavens declare. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord in the name of Jesus. They declare the glory of the Lord. They're accurate in their description. They're accurate in their description. They're singing that song. You can't hear it with your physical ears, but they're singing. They're vibrating. Day unto day brings forth wisdom, right? Speech, right? Night unto night brings forth knowledge in the name of Jesus. And I began to praise the Lord. I just began to shout hallelujah. I just began to go over Psalms 19 with the Lord as I'm looking at the stars, just taken up with the Lord in the spirit. Hallelujah. Oh my. And David said he gave this to the, to the conductor. He gave this to the conductor. Stars over here begin to sing. Woodwinds begin to play. Horns begin to play. Drones begin to play. Begin to declare the name of the Lord. 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 And he used those stars. The stars are singing every night. They're singing every night. They're rehearsing every night. And then he talked about the line. And then he talked about the measure, which are chords, right? Chords in music. And he's talking about how they're precise and how they're accurate. And how each each tone is working with the other tone. And each one is singing. Each one is singing. And they're declaring the glory of the Lord in perfect accuracy. They're declaring the word of the Lord. And then he describes the son as Jesus, like the bridegroom coming up day after day, every morning. And when I went to Diego Garcia, I got assigned over there. I would go to the southern part of the island in the mornings, and I would just walk on that beach all by myself. And I would see the beautiful blues and the purples of the morning sky and the clouds. I would see the beautiful oranges and the beautiful reds. And I'd say, yes, day after day, day after day, every day, abundant lifestyle, Lord, abundant lifestyle in your word, Lord, in your word, Saturating my mind with your word, praising the Lord with my mind, praising the Lord with my body, hallelujah. And as I began to do that, oh my goodness, every fear in the world left. I mean, I didn't even want to think about fear. I mean, everything just came alive on the inside of me. And I got so excited. I'm jumping up and down on that beach. I'm running around. I'm just glorifying God. And, and I just wanted to share that with you because we're talking about renewing the mind. This is what a believer does. This is what a believer ushers in, right? This is what a believer does every day, right? Man, Paul and Silas, right? 
locked up in that prison, down in that jail cell, man, down there in that dungeon, what did they start doing? They started declaring the name of the Lord. They just started praising the name of the Lord. They just started saying the name of Jesus. They started singing the name of Jesus. Their minds were renewed. Their spirits became alive. They fired themselves up in the name of Jesus. And every prisoner in there heard that. And the doors couldn't stop them. The chains couldn't stop them. The chains fell off. The doors opened off. Breakthroughs were happening. Breakthroughs came through. Peace came on them in the name of Jesus. Peace came on them in the name of Jesus. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Father. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. And I want to tell you something. This is what I do to fire myself up. This is what I do to renew my mind in the Word of God. Because we got to do it. So let's go ahead and open up the Bible tonight. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12. Very familiar set of scriptures we've been using here. We're going to go it over again, right? We're going to get it saturated, right? We saturate, we permeate ourselves, right? Because like a sponge, what you put in you, when you get squeezed, that's what's going to come out of you, right? So we're just going to get that word in our mind. We're going to renew it. And one of the neat things about Psalms 19 as you're going there was that he starts talking about how the word restores the mind. How the laws of the Lord and the words of the Lord, and you begin to meditate on them, and you begin to just go over them. You get intimate with them. And you just begin to just enjoy it like you would a favorite food. Or you begin to enjoy it like you would a favorite, you know, a favorite affection. And you just let that word just meditate in your mind. Just let it permeate and saturate in your mind. It drops down in your spirit. And then it begins to come out of your mouth. And it begins to dig deep roots down on the inside of you. And that law is so beautiful. That word is so beautiful, you know. And it just begins to restore and renew your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 12. I got to get over there. Romans chapter 12. All right. And in verse 1, Paul is beseeching us, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice by being holy, using the holiness of the Lord, staying with him, staying intimate with him, just separating ourselves from our work, from the world, right? Being acceptable unto the Lord, being, being a gold vessel, right? Not a clay pot, but a gold pot. I mean, I don't want to be a Christian that's just a, a clay pot. I want to be a gold pot, right? Polished and furnished. Meat for the master's use, you know. So let's be acceptable unto the Lord, because that's our reasonable service. Now, I'm an ex-military guy, so I know what that means. I don't have to put, hey, yes, sir, Lord. That's what I'll do. That's my job. That's what I'll do. Hallelujah. So that's our service. So how do we do it? By not being conformed to this world. I'm also an artist. I like to do artwork. <clears throat> Used to sculpt sometimes. So what does an artist do with his fingers? To the clay. What's he do? He begins to form. He begins to mold, Right? Let your words be your fingers. Let the words of God in your mind. Let them saturate your mind and let them come out of your mouth. Let your mouth be fingers, okay? Let them start to mold your mind. Let it start to shape it into the image of Jesus. Because it says, you know, Paul would, not Paul, but Isaiah would say in Isaiah 64, 8, we don't have to go there, but he talks about the potter's hands, right? We're in the hands of the Lord and he's the potter, right? And we're the clay. Oh, hallelujah. Let the words of Jesus, let let the, the Bible, let those words just permeate your mind and let them come out of your mouth. And just let your mouth be fingers. And just let it form the mind. Just let it squeeze into the mind and just shape your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let that happen. So, see, because we got to transform by the renewing of our mind. And we've learned, as we've been going through this series here, right, restore back to the original condition. What happened when Adam sinned, right? Not only did he die, but he became subjected to 
death, that dominion, that reign of death. And Paul would talk about that in Romans 5, right? Because one man was put in that position, he had that authority, and that authority was so big and so powerful that everything came after it was built in that same image, right? So now we're subjected to death because he was subjected to death. So everyone's naked, right? They're naked. And that's why Jesus talks about it in John chapter 3. He says, this is how the condemnation process works. Light has come into the world. But why do men sin? Because their deeds are evil, right? They're naked. They're in the fallen state, right? They've been taught to think dead. They've been taught to think naked. They're trying to cover themselves with figs leaves, right? They're trying to cover themselves with darkness, right? They try to hide that shame. And that's what they're doing. So they're using the ways of the world, right? So Jesus says we've got to reverse that process, right? We've got to make it known to them so that they come run into the light. Because if they come run into the light, what happens? Their minds begin to renew and they begin a change, right? A change happens. So Paul would pick this up in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he said the reason why the gospel is hid is because their minds are blinded, their deeds, right? Their thought processes, their actions, right? They're so used to living in the fallen state. They're so used to living like Adam did when he fell that they don't understand how to live in the light and allow that glory to penetrate them, right? So it's our, it's our reasonable service. We've got to get in and we've got to transform our minds by renewing it into the world, into the word, I mean, so that we can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I, I worked at a giant radar when I was in the Air Force up at NORAD. One, not at NORAD, but it was, we, we worked with NORAD, but I was at Cape Cod, and we would look at satellites in low Earth orbit. And the neat thing about this radar was it could see anything. A bird was flying from it. You know, it could see it, right? The radar would see it. But you could take that software, and the engineers can design it and manipulate it to discriminate, right? This is the only time you can really discriminate, right? To be able to tell what's right and wrong. And they, they train the software to talk to the radar and tell the hardware of the radar what to look at, right? And so the radar was able to discriminate and, and, just, pull, and just push that image that was coming before it just just pushed it right out and the only thing i saw on the screen was the things that it was designed to show see so when we renew our minds we get so saturated in the will of god the word of god begins to penetrate it begins to saturate that our minds begin to understand what is right and what is wrong so now when these thoughts start start coming right the mind has been designed now literally to just and you just cast that thought away wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you know, get that spiritual sniffer going there. Something's not right here. Something's not right here. That's not right. I just get that thought out of here. Just get that thought out of here. And one of the things I love to do is, I don't have it on me right now, but you, you take out like a $20 bill, right? And why is it everybody can be pretty confident they know the difference between a real $20 bill and a counterfeit $20 bill? Because you spend time with the real thing, Right? You've used it so much. You've associated so much with it that if someone comes up and tries to hand you a fake, you're like, what is this? You know, Because you've been so used to the real thing. And that's what happens when we renew our mind. We begin to understand the will of God. Our antennas begin to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he's talking, and we begin all of a sudden to see above. We, we, we can... We, I always like to gaze through the haze. You know, you're able to gaze through the haze. You're, you know, you're able to stare through all of it. And that's why we want to renew our minds. That's the, the whole beauty of this. And um, Pastor Justin was talking about Romans chapter 8, and we were talking about being carnally minded as death. And I got excited when I read about Romans chapter 8 because in Romans chapter 8, it begins to talk about a law called the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And how it set me free from the law of sin and death. 
and I be, asked the Holy Spirit about it, and I began to learn. And, and for me, the, how he made me understand it about renewing your mind is this. It was about airplanes, okay? An airplane, why is that thing taken off? Because another law has all of a sudden taken over. Gravity's out there, man. It's pulling on that thing, trying to bring that airplane down, right? But because it's operating in a different law, all of a sudden the law of lift, right? Now all of a sudden, air, gravity, you can pull on me all I want. But as long as that airplane's operating properly and a pilot's properly flying that thing, Hey, sin is out there. It's pulling on us, right? But hey, as long as we renew in our mind, we know who we are in Christ Jesus, you can pull on me all you want, sin, just like John would say in the back of the Bible in those verses in 1 John. If we have fellowship with the Lord, we should be walking in the light like he is in the light, right? We have no fellowship with darkness. Sin can't pull us down. And it's what's so exciting about renewing our minds. So thoughts are spiritual. They have substance. Words are carriers of our thought. I think of an old-fashioned camera when they used to just take the lens off and they just, you'd, you'd have to sit there for a while. Some of the guys put their hands in like this, you know, but they'd all sit there in these poses, right? But they'd have to wait. And what would happen is, is that light would absorb onto that paper, right? Well, it's the same thing with the mind. That's why we've got to guard our eyes, guard our ears, because that mind was created to absorb. So if we go to Hebrews 11.3, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to dance around some scriptures here just to show this is how God lives. This is how our Father lives. I get so excited about this because God's not going to ask us to do something that he doesn't do, and it gets even more excited. He's not going to ask us to do something he, he doesn't believe we can't do, and that's what really excites me. But in Hebrews 11.3, we say that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed, what? By words. Words are carriers of thoughts, right? It begins with a thought. It all begins with a thought, doesn't it? And then as you meditate on that thought, you begin to captivate that thought. And that's how God lives, and that's how he framed the world, right? When it was dark out, what did he say? It's dark outside? No, what did he say? Light be, right? And then those words line up, and it happened, right? If we go now to Romans chapter 4, Paul picks up, he talks about it a little more to the Romans. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Just going to show you some scriptures here where you can see where this is. Romans chapter 4, 17 as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead. And what's he do? He calls things that be not as though they were, things that don't exist as if they do exist. So if we can discipline our thoughts, if we can renew our minds, right, to who we are, to the law of the spirit of life, Zoe life in Christ Jesus. I'm not talking about just being born again. I'm talking about seated. That's why I, like, I got excited when Paul wrote that to the people in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, because it just excited me. He says, hey, man, if you're born again, think about Jesus sitting risen and you seated with him. He the head and you the body. You're seated with him. So start getting your affections on that. Start renewing your mind to that. Start living to that. And then he goes on to start, start mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Start casting off the things of the world. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. And start putting the things of the Lord on the inside of you, man. Because now you're thinking like Jesus. You're talking like Jesus. You're walking like Jesus. And what does the devil see? All he sees is Jesus. He's like, eh, Jesus. I mean, it's like looking up at these lights. He's just like, oh, man. That's all he sees coming out of you. Hallelujah. God doesn't let the circumstances create the thoughts in his mind, right? He doesn't wait for the circumstances to line up before he speaks. He's operating in the law of the spirit of life, right? He causes the situation to line up with his law, with his word, right? 
because when he speaks it by faith, he considers it done. Hallelujah. I want to show you something in Psalms 138. We've talked about this before. We've praised about this with the Lord. But when I read this, I just get excited. Because in Psalms 138, verse 2, David is talking here. And he says he's going to worship toward the holy temple. He's going to praise the name for his loving kindness, his mercy, his loving kindness, his hesed, you know, that covenant of mercy. And for the truth. For thou hast magnified thy word in your name, right, above all things. God magnifies the word. He meditates on the word. He magnifies the word. He sets it up above him. I asked Holy Spirit that one time, and I just got excited about it when I read that in the scriptures because I was looking for a place for it. God considers the word as him. You know, he considers it just as important. He lifts that thing up. He lifts his word up, and he looks at it, and he meditates on his word. He magnifies it. What does magnify mean? You ever play with a magnifying glass when you were little? Sure you did, right? I mean, all kids did, right? You find a magnifying glass, you start playing with it. And um, what's that thing do when you you put it on something? Ooh, it makes it nice and big, right? He magnifies, magnify, 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 right? The results, you'll know the will of God. You'll be like Christ. You'll be Christ-minded. You'll be molded in that image. And when that pressure tries to squeeze you, that's what's going to come out of you, the image of God himself. Mm, hallelujah. I was, I was prior Army before I went in the Air Force. They feed you better in the Air Force, so I went, went in the Air Force afterwards. But when I was in the Army, oh, man, in three months, I talked I talk like an Army soldier. I thought like an Army soldier. I dressed like an Army soldier. I looked like an Army soldier. I walked around like an Army soldier. I did everything like an Army soldier. And that's when I learned about immersion. You can immerse yourself, in three months' time, you can immerse yourself in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and you'll be looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, walking like Jesus, and everything out, coming out of you will be like Jesus, hallelujah. And then there was something, with, I, I did stingers. At that time, it was man portable, a little stinger, a missile that was an air defense missile. So we'd carry those things around, you know, to protect the troops in the Army. And so we'd get up on those hills with them. Well, they gave me this lunchbox-looking thing and stuck it on the side of me. It had a cable. I'm like, what is this thing? It's called IFF, Identification Friend and Foe, right? So it, you'd, an aircraft would come, and you'd, you'd press it and get this little beep. And if it gave a certain beep, okay, that's a friend, okay. And then you'd press it, and it'd give another beep. It'd be like, it's unknown. Okay, I, I don't know what that aircraft is. I need to take a look at it and see what it is. And then there'd be another beep, and that thing would start giving you what was called a hostile beep on it, right? And so I began to see even then, hey, you know, this kind of works spiritually, right? You stay in the Word of God, you begin to renew your mind. You're spending time with the Lord, right? And you can start identifying the thoughts as they're coming, and you can challenge those thoughts and see if they line up with the Word of God, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, we've gone over this, but I just want to go over it again because it's a good set of scriptures. I really enjoy Isaiah 55. The Lord is talking here in verse 7. Isaiah 55, verse 7. I'm in the King James Version, and it says, Let the wicked forsake his ways, the ways he's thinking, the way he's living, 
the way he's doing his deeds, the way he's walking, talking, and acting, right? Forsake those ways. The unrighteous man, his thoughts. Renew those thoughts, right? Let him return unto the Lord, and what will he do? Ooh, glory. He'll have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And then I love the illustration the Lord gives in verse 8. He begins, he says, hey, dudes, check it out, man. My thoughts, they're higher than your thoughts, right? So whose thoughts do you want? What do you get when you start reading this? Okay, Lord, I want your thoughts, Daddy. And the Lord's like, I want to give you my thoughts, right? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. All right, Lord, I need to learn how to operate in this. I want that abundant lifestyle. I choose to live in the blessing. I want to renew my mind in this. I want to start living this way, Lord. And then the Lord says, okay, just like the rain comes down from, from, and snow from the heavens, right, in verse 10, and it doesn't return thither, but it waters the earth, it brings forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So what the Lord is saying, all right, you start getting in my word. You start renewing your mind in my word. And it's like raindrops, man. And it's going to start saturating your mind. It's going to get into your mind. They're gonna, and those seeds are going to start growing in your mind, and they're going to drop those roots down into your heart. And the next thing you know, you're going to start budding. Your mouth's going to start budding. It's going to start speaking. It's going to start speaking. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start saying my thoughts. It's going to start doing my thoughts. You're going to think like me. You're going to talk like me, right? Because that's what that's, that's the same way. And he says, you know what? My word that goes forth out of my mouth, it ain't going to return back void. And because you're a projection of me now, and you're allowing my words to be your words, you're allowing my thoughts to be your thoughts, now you're speaking, right? Now that now you're budding, you're bringing forth that fruit, right? I'm going to make sure it comes to pass, hallelujah. Glory be to God, because when the Lord speaks, it's going to happen, right? And then, man, the faith just fires up, doesn't it? Now there's confidence in there. You're like a boxer in the ring, man. And the devil throws a punch, and you're just like, is that all you got, devil? And then, I mean, and then when you speak, I mean, it ain't some little poop. I mean, now when I'm speaking, I mean, that, I mean it's a good hook coming right out. And it hits the devil right on the jaw, and the devil's like, ooh, I'm out of here, man. He feels the sting of Jesus when you do it. That's why I like Paul when he said, there ain't no stinging. Where's the sting, you know? It's like there's no more sting in your punch, devil. It's like, hallelujah. So it won't return void, but it'll accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing where I send it. Now look at that. Now we go out and enjoy, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, now I'm walking in a blessing. I'm living that abundant lifestyle. Oh, yeah, my vision is high. My vision is high. My aim is clear. My focus is clear. I'm passionate. I'm determined, Lord. No turning back now. I'm going. We're going, Lord. We're going. We ain't turning back, Lord. I'm going. I'm with you. You're going forward. The Lord's moving forward. I'm going with you, Lord. Hallelujah. And what happens? That peace comes on you. That peace comes on you. And those mountains and hills, what do they do? They begin to break forth, man. They begin to sing with you. They begin to sing with you. They begin to clap with you. Hallelujah. And now look. Now look in verse 13. Hey, no more Murphy's Law, right? I don't have to live by Murphy's Law anymore. I don't have to, to learn by junk happens. In my, hey, it happens to the world, but it don't have to happen to me now. Now, that doesn't mean the devil's not out there trying something, but I don't get discouraged anymore. I don't have to fear anymore. I'm far from oppression. Lord, I don't have to live in Murphy's Law now. I don't have to have that happen in my life anymore. And this is where it gets exciting. I choose to live in the blessing. I heard Dax Fell say that years ago, and it just did something to me. You can choose to live in the blessing and I thought about that, and I was like, Lord, I don't want to live in a curse anymore. I want to live in a blessing, right? And then the Lord begins to show you how to overcome. It just gets so exciting, doesn't it? 
It just gets so exciting. So we can't win a victory, right, as long as the problem is the biggest thing in our life. So here comes a problem, right? So what are we going to do? Are we going to magnify it or are we going to magnify the Lord? Now, in the old days, I would begin to magnify it, right? I'd start, I'd start putting that, tele, I mean, that magnifying glass on it. I'd begin to make that thing bigger, and I would begin to magnify it. But now I'm going to operate in a new law. You know what's beautiful about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? It don't care if I'm a boy or a girl. It don't care how old I am. It doesn't care if I'm big or little. It don't care what color I am. It don't care where I was born, what country I was born in. If I put that law into motion, it's going to work, right? Because that's what it's designed to do. And you get so excited about that. And so Jesus asks this question, you know, so what are you thinking about from morning to night? Because if we go to Matthew 6, Matthew 6, verse 24 and 25, Jesus says a really cool statement here when he goes over there. Jesus is a cool dude, man. I always like, Jesus, that's heavy, man. That's pretty tough. That, that's awesome, Jesus. You know, in Matthew 6, verse 24 and 25, he says, you can't serve two masters. All right, so who am I going to listen to, right? You're either going to hate the one and love the other, or you're going to hold on to the one and despise the other. You're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to make a decision, and that's going to take discipline, right? Renewing the mind, talking to your flesh, putting yourself by the ear. I don't go by emotions anymore. I don't really trust my emotions anymore. All I trust now is the law of the spirit and life in Christ Jesus. I'm going to be spiritually minded, not carnally minded anymore, and I'm going to get the results, right? So I can't serve God and mammon both. It's just not going to happen. You can't mix oil and water, right? It's just not going to happen. And that's what happens if you're trying to do both, right? So Jesus says something here in verse 25. No fussing or murmuring, right? Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Stop. Stop fussing and murmuring, right, about the life and who you're listening to, right? About what you shall eat or what you shall drink and what your body, what you shall put on. And, and basically what Jesus is going on is, is we serve our thoughts, that's what we serve, right? We're going to serve our thoughts. And that was one of the things the Lord was explaining to Adam when he sinned. He said, hey, not only are you going to die, but you're going to be subjected to this thing called death. And you're going to get intimate with death. Do you want to be intimate with death? That's what's going to happen, right? And that's exactly what happened. Now he's thinking naked. Now he's living naked. Now he's living fallen, right? And so what's he tried to do? He tries to cover himself, right? But now we're covered with the, the blood and the power and the light of Jesus, hallelujah. We don't have to live that way anymore, hallelujah. So serve your, who are you going to serve with your thoughts, okay? And that's why Isaiah 55 tells us to forsake our thoughts. Take the word of God. And that's why Paul would say later in 2 Corinthians, in the 10th uh, chapter, verse 5, he'd say, cast those thoughts down, right? Just, hey, challenge them. Challenge them and cast them down. So quit serving the problem. Quit serving the thought, right? Quit allowing them to consume our life. And don't wait till the circumstances change. Change the condition. And when I found that out, 2 Corinthians 4.18, you know, those things that are spiritual, those are the things that are eternal, the things that, are, that we see in the world, those are just temporal. Oh, yeah, so now I don't have to be fearful anymore. All right, I'll be patient. I'll wait. Last month, the garage door, the torsion spring broke, okay? Now I can't get the garage open, right? Thankfully, the car was out. I, I had backed out, and the garage slammed down. Now I got to go, you know, and you set money aside for the Lord, and you set aside it for certain things. You know, oh, here comes the devil. Try to take your, your money that you're going to give, right? Ah, oh, devil, you ain't going to touch it, right? So what do I do? I ain't going to panic. I'm going to church tonight. Start celebrating and praising the Lord, right? 
three days go by, a garage is still done, finally go over to a place, and what do these guys do? They don't have the size that I want. They have the bigger, better size, which is double the price of the smaller size, and the guy says, I'll just give it to you for the smaller price size. I wound up walking out of there with a hundred some dollars less than what I would have paid for the original thing, and they just put that thing together. I, I, you just get excited about it. You just don't worry about it anymore. <clears throat> Get one Wednesday night, getting ready to come to service, and the sink clogs up, you know. And, and you put that little snake in there, and you're trying to get that thing clean. I must have went about 20, 30 yards with that thing, and, and still nothing, you know. All right, I ain't going to worry about it. Put my hands on the wall outside and just pray over it. In the name of Jesus, that thing's going to come unclogged in Jesus' name. And as we're sitting here, as we're praising the Lord, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit tells me who to call. Call this guy. So I call this guy. He comes over, and he does it for free. And then I take that $200 and I give it to the Lord. I give it to somebody because the Lord said sell it. And so I was just like, hallelujah. I mean, this is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, right? So a single, single thought can lead to disaster. And this is something that Dr. Seville likes to talk a lot about. And so he says, a thought that is ungodly that's not cast down and replaced by God's word, it'll start to limit your life. So in John chapter 10, verse 10, so we can just go over there. In John 10, 10, this is a famous faith verse. For all us faith warriors in Jesus' name, hallelujah. But it, but it really talks about the difference between mammon, right? What mammon is, you know, God and man and their way of thinking. And it says, the thief comes not but to what? To steal. What's he going to try to steal? That thought, right? The thought of the word of God that's in you, that word that's been planted in you. That's what he's going to try to do. He's going to come try to challenge it. And usually it'll happen when you're stepping out on a faith project, Right? He's going to come to try to steal it. He's going to see if you're for real or not. I mean, that's basically what it is, right? Like a bully in a, in a sandbox, right? He wants to see if you're for real or not. Are you going to back down or are you going to stand there, right? <clears throat> and so he's going to come try to steal it from you. And I really believe, you know, when you read Mark chapter 4, and Jesus is talking about the cares of the world and how you begin to carry those cares and you begin to conform your mind to their way of thinking and you begin to care the things that they begin to care about, and you begin to try to find the answers that they're trying to find. And so all of a sudden, those thoughts begin to just permeate your mind, right? Next thing you know, they're down in your spirit. Next thing you know, you're butting it out. You're talking about it. And the next thing you know, you're caught up in it, right? And, um, I really, and then it just chokes out all the faith projects that you've got going on on the inside of you. It just begins to choke it. It just begins to choke it. Because what's a weed do in a garden? it begins to grow. It begins to steal all those nutrients, right, in the garden. It begins to just crowd out the rest of those plants, right? So it's so important for us not to let the enemy come in and to steal, right? Because that's what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to steal it, and then once he does that, then he'll start killing it, and then he's going to try to put his foot on your neck and keep your face down in the mud, man, and not let you get back up. And it's like... When I read that, I picture that every time of the devil trying to laugh at me with his foot on my neck, and I was like, uh-uh, not anymore, devil. I'm not going to let him ride me like a saddle anymore, you know. I'm not going to let him put that saddle on me and start riding me. And sometimes you just, man, sometimes you just got to fight, right? You, sometimes you just got to say it 300 times, but we labor into God's rest, right? So you got to just start speaking it out. But sooner or later, you get into that peace, and it overcomes. Okay. Um. Once a thought is received, once it's taken into the mind, right, it begins to try to drop down in your spirit. And that's what we've been talking about. And it'll try to produce. And what's it going to do? Negative seeds, right? But if you get those positive words of God on the inside of you, what's it going to do? It's going to do what it's designed to do. It's going to produce, right? 
My wife and I like to always use this. Okay, you gone fishing before? What do you put on the end of the, of the hook? You put bait, right? And you, you throw it out there, and it gets in the water, and what's the little fish do? Of course, when I go, it's a big fish, right? But, um, <laughs> but what's the fish try to do, right? He comes up, he starts sniffing that thing, right? Don't take the nibble. So that's what my wife and I say to each other sometimes. We, we just have fun doing that, you know, when those thoughts try to come. Just don't take the nibble, man. Just don't take the nibble. Just leave it be, you know? And that's what James was talking about in James chapter 2, right? He was talking about how lust enters in. And Trey did a really good job the other night talking about that, about how, you know, if you're trying to break something, you're just constantly bombarded with those thoughts. Stop taking the nibbles, right? Find where the door is open on that and begin to just start, you know, just begin to start attacking that. And those, you know, because when you open the door just a little inch, right, what's the enemy try to do? He tries to push it in even more and more. So don't take the nibble. All right. And then we'll go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 37. This is really good about how you can see the process of the seed of the mind and what happens, what begins to happen. And that verse 33 says, you either make a tree good, Matthew 12, verse 33, you either make a tree good and its fruit good, or else you make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, right? It's your choice, right? Because the tree is going to be known by its fruit. What are you thinking about? It's going to come out of your mouth. Guaranteed. That's just how your minds were designed that way. And we were designed to be carriers of the Zoe life of the Lord. So, generation of vipers. How do you like Jesus is talking to the, to the priests right here? He calls them a generation of vipers. You know, what's a viper got in his mouth? He's got those little fangs in there with poison in his mouth, right? In verse 34, he says, how can you, being evil, of course, they're not born again in that time, but even their deeds are bad. Speak good things, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So if you want to know, if you want to give yourself the litmus test, check what's coming out of your mouth. And the Holy Spirit had me do that one day. He had me take a piece of paper, and for three days, I walked around with a notebook, and I wrote down, every time a sentence came out of my mouth, I had to stop and write it down, and I had to stop and write it down. I had to stop and write it down. And I did that for three days. And then I got back and I looked at all the words that were coming out of my mouth. And I was surprised to find not many of them were lining up with the words of God. And boy, I really learned a big thing on that because he goes on to talk about idle words in there. Because words that don't have a thought behind them, right? Words that don't have meaning behind them, what, what are they? They're just useless, idle words, right? And Jesus talks about that. So he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart is going to bring forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure will be forth evil things. You know, and in verse 36, he talks about, but I say unto you, now, there's a commandment from Jesus. Now, I'm in the military, okay? So I was in the military. So when the commanding officer comes up to me and gives me a lawful order, I'm expected to obey it. So when Jesus says, I say unto you, that is a command, he says, those idle words you're talking about, right? You're going to give an account for it, right? In the day of judgment and now, right? So let your words justify you, right? Let your words don't condemn you anymore. Let them be your justification. Proverbs chapter 20. I'm going to go here, and um, I think this is a, a really good uh, Bible illustration in Proverbs chapter 24, I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. I'm going to go to verse 30. And Solomon, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, is writing this. And he says, I went by the field of a slothful person, okay? And by the vineyard of a man who was void of understanding. Now, you know, Psalms 19, man, and, and I read in Proverbs 1 where the Lord said, a wise man is the guy that hears and then just does what he hears. And that got me excited because I wasn't a rocket scientist or anything like that. So I thought a wise man was somebody who had all these nth degrees, you know, and, and was really smart and all this. But no, the Bible says a wise man, and that's what Jesus says. A wise man is the one that just hears and does what the word says to do, right? So he's void of understanding. And then I remember reading in Proverbs where you got three kinds of kids. You got the wise kid, the scoffer kid, right, which is a foolish kid, the scorner. And then you got something called the simple kid. Well, I was a simple kid growing up. I was just the one that just rolled the dice. So if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. I just go with the flow, right? And so I just wandering in all kinds of problems, wandering in all kinds of trouble, right? But then I realized I could be a smart guy and I could be a wise guy. And I said, I don't want to be a dumb guy anymore. I don't want to be the simple guy anymore, Lord. And so and it says the wise guy will fall seven times, you know, many times. Like, Lord, I've fallen so many times. I don't want to fall anymore, you know. It says, lo, it was all grown over with thorns and with nettles, and it covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Uh-oh, here comes a Holy Ghost moment, right? Verse 32, then I saw and I considered it well. I looked upon it and I received instructions. So he's actually getting taught by the, the Spirit of the Lord here, right? And he's actually learning something about that hole in the wall and what happened as a result of it. And so now he's getting deeper. He's digging deeper with the Lord. He's digging deeper in that mind saturation. He's digging deeper in that meditation. And there's what the Lord says in verse 33 through him. He says, just a little sleep, a little slumber, just a little crack in the door, right? Just that little crack, and it gives the enemy a foothold, right? And if he gets that foothold in there, what's he going to do? He's going to start bringing in that poverty. It's going to come, and then one day there's going to be travail, right? And it's going to be, and then it'll happen like an armed man. And then you'll sit back and you'll say, God, how in the world did this happen? Well, it was that little thought that you embraced that you kept, and you didn't cast it down. And it began to get that foothold, right? And it began to get on you. And the way I like to describe it sometimes to the guys that are in the prison is, is we used to do snowballs when we were little, and we used to roll, make snowmen and stuff, because I like to do art stuff, so I'd make snow creations, you know, out of snow. And uh, we'd start rolling that snowball. Well, what happens when a snowball starts rolling down a hill? It gets bigger, doesn't it? Now, where would you like to be in the process of that snowball when you begin to find out something's wrong? Would you rather catch it when it's a little seed? Just like a seed when it gets planted in the ground. I want to start pulling that thing out when it's just a little bitty thing, right? Because if I let that thing grow and start taking root and start producing fruit, uh-oh, now I got a problem here, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be harder to pull it out. And those guys, a lot of times people want a quick-fix solution when it's taken them a long time to get in the place where they're at. And it just didn't happen overnight, right? And a lot of people don't understand that. The problems they get into don't happen overnight. These things take time sometimes to build up. But like it said in Proverbs chapter 1, the Holy Spirit's out there and he's constantly talking. He is always talking, always talking always telling you where to go, always telling you what to do. And if you're sensitive to his voice while you're out there, you'll be, 
Proverbs 22, 3, right? A wise man will see. He'll see above, right? He gets to see above. He gets to see above what's going on out there. He gets to hear the wisdom of the Lord, and he gets to step aside, and then the tragedy goes right by him, right? But the simple guy, he stays in it, right? Jesus, Luke chapter 6, right? Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I say, right? If you, I'll, I'll tell you the wise man, he hears, he does what I say, right? Then the storms come, right? Man, you're standing there like a rock, man. But the guy who loves the Lord and he's not doing what the word of God says, he loves the Lord. He's going to go to heaven, right? But he loves the Lord, right? He calls him his savior, but he's not doing what Jesus says I say unto you, right? And he's not listening to the Holy Spirit when he's leading him and he's guiding him, right? And you know what happens in the Bible, what happened to Pharaoh, what happens to people when the Lord starts talking and they don't start listening and they don't start doing what starts happening to the heart. It starts to harden, right? And you begin to despise it. And that's what begins to happen. And that's what happened to this guy right here. So I learned from that. I don't want to be a simple guy anymore. And I don't want to be void of understanding, Lord. So I repented. And I just began to thank the Lord. And so let's just let our hearts be filled and immersed in the word of God, right? Let's cast our care and let the word declare. So we'll cast our care and let the word declare, right? Okay? And let's let our eyes be fixed. And, and you know me, I always like to get these little catchy cliches. Let's gaze through the haze, right? The devil's got that haze out there, but we, got, we can gaze through that haze, right? And then here's another one I like the Lord told me. You could picture the scripture, right? I mean, that's what I got in front of me to focus. The scripture on my mind, the scripture in my heart, right? Picture the scripture, right? So we don't have to rehearse the problem. And then we can get around people of like faith. And, um, and then once you get saturated, you can let yourself continually let that praise be on your mouth and praise and thanksgiving. So really, this was all the Holy Spirit had me want to say tonight and do tonight. So um, we can, th th let's say this confession here, okay? I choose, I choose to plant positive, plant positive godly, seeds godly seeds in my life today. I will, control I will control what my eyes see, what my, eyes see, what my, ears, hear, what my ears hear, and what my heart is exposed to. Thank you, Father, for this word tonight. Father, I thank you for the breakthroughs that are happening this evening, Lord. Just like Paul and Silas when they were praying and they were shouting hallelujah and they were down in there. They didn't let those discouraging thoughts get into their mind. They began to jump. They began to, well, they were chained, but they began to celebrate, Lord. They were jumping on the inside, Lord, and their jumping and their praise just rattled those doors open in the name of Jesus. And we proclaim tonight in the name of Jesus. We got the mind of Jesus. We got the mind of Christ. We're operating in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The doors are open. They're open. We're running through, Lord. We're being guided by you in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for your word. I just thank you for your love. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.